What's good, everyone? It's Jackie Chow. And this is James DeLacy. And you're listening to This Week in Digital Marketing. All right, Dom, it's just us today. Uh, James has Thanksgiving, just silly American things. Um, what's going on with you, man? We haven't spoken in a while. It's uh, yeah, I, I thought we were due for a catch-up. Yeah, I can't remember when we spoke. I think it's probably the beginning of the year, so it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. You were in Chiang Mai, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Uh, first time there since 2018, I think. Everyone How was that? Got older. Yeah, it was good. It was... Um, uh, it was different for me. I was speaking, so um, slightly, yeah, slightly different because you don't want to go out every night because you don't really want to be like wrecked when you go on stage and maybe you skip some talks because you want to go practice your own talk and stuff. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really enjoyable and kind of made me want to play around with SEO a little bit because it's been a while since I've really been doing SEO myself. Nice. Um, did you learn anything or is it, uh, yeah. yeah, I learned a little bit. Um, nice. Uh, yeah. Cyrus Shepard did a talk where he became a, um, quality rater for, I don't know how long it was, maybe a year or something. And he kind of explained how Google really works and they can't, they can't actually understand, um, text. They just kind of fake it and stuff. And, um, it was quite interesting. Nice, nice. Wait, he became a quality raider for a year, like as a yeah, job. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't think he did it purely for the income, though. I think he was just interested to to learn. Um, and so he kind of explained that the way all the core updates work. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but maybe it's not necessarily how we think about it. But um, the quality raters will rate tens of thousands of. Um, uh, websites and they'll rate them based on random things um, and then all of that data gets fed into the machine learning algorithm which then tries to replicate it for the rest of the SERPs and then the you know the HCU update rolls out and so um, it's based on the quality rater's interpretation of the Google guidelines and then mm -hmm. AI trying to figure out how to do that um, but there's like a yeah, fuck so ton of those, uh, the raters, right? So it's like yeah, a ton of data are, points. There's loads. There's a bunch in different yeah. countries, and they're not like they're smart as well. They all have degrees, and like they're highly educated people. Um, so it's kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And he said the first thing a rater typically does when they're trying to view a site is um, they'll click the kind of about this listing. Uh, like you know the three lines you get in uh, Google um, mm -hmm. where it says like more about this listing and you click on it and it shows like other sites that have uh, are talking about that site and that's part of how they uh, how they gauge EEAT is are other sites saying good things about that site so one easy thing you can do to try and boost your EEAT is um, you know, like if you're able to launch an affiliate program or something like that, so you get a bunch of other sites writing positive things about you. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh, you know, here we are thinking EEAT is about having a fancy about me page. And it's actually just getting mm. other sites to write good things about you. Um, is it um, any any site or is it like household name sites that help, if you remember? Uh, 
well, the better the site, the better. But if you've got nothing, then having other sites say good things about you is going to be good. If you, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, sure. The better, the more, the, uh, the better the site, the better. But uh, it's better mm-hmm. than not having anything. Cool. Cool, man. Um, what was your talk about? Uh, well, the title was You've Built a Portfolio, uh, What Next? Um, and it was a little bit inspirational and a little bit practical. So it was kind of hard because I was thinking, well, yeah, what is the answer to that question? Because Diggity came up with the title. And I messaged him, do you want me to like inspire people or do you want me to just give them like a, a blueprint? And he said, hybrid. And I was like, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just kind of told a story about why I took a company public and how everybody in SEO has these really good skills and they probably don't realize how good their skills are because we hang out with other SEOs. And um, mm-hmm. You know, if you think bigger, you can probably achieve way bigger things. Um, and like I mentioned you, and I talked about how you're doing these partnerships and stuff, because, you know, I don't know all the details of your partnerships. I don't know if you've gone into it publicly too much, but from the surface, it's like you have a bunch of skills in ranking content and affiliate marketing, and you just go out to brands with good domain authority and say, hey, let me do this and we'll split the profit. And that's just one small example of how most SEOs probably just think of SEO as their business model rather than like mm-hmm. a skill that they can take to to build a bigger business model. Yeah, I agree. I think there there's something there, um, the partnership thing. I'm probably doing it like rolling it out the fastest right now, but I th- I'm pretty sure there there can be an agency that it can be commoditized like pretty easily. I think if there's like a proper setup, um, yeah, we're rolling out pretty fast right now, but I, I think there's a more optimal way to do it. Like more tech oriented. Cause like we're limited by our human editors right now. Um, but there's a way to have it AI enabled where you can just scale up like pretty damn quickly. I, I just haven't figured it out yet, but, um, yeah, I do agree. That's, uh, Dude, you you guys should totally come out with an agency like that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Let's talk about that. That can be the episode. We'll build it in public. Um, I mean, you could probably do something like, you know, a bunch of AI Mm -hmm. services like content at scale. Um, They have the ability to, you know, create the content and then automatically push it to someone's website via like a WordPress plugin. Um, and so you could essentially do a ton of keyword research. So, you know, let's say you partnered up with someone that had really high domain authority, like maybe a tech SaaS or something, and you just created a ton of content and you'd have to have a little bit of human editing because you'd need to add in affiliate links and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure it's not trash. But then you can basically, you can probably publish like, I don't know, 30 articles a day on this site. And then mm-hmm. again, you need a little bit of human tweaking, like, um, internal linking and adding better images and stuff like that but um yeah if you did it at scale some of that content's going to rank and then uh um the thing about the agency model though is it's like yeah it would have to be performance based so mm-hmm. the job of the agency is the implementation and so you have somebody selling the like i think that the trickiest part would be getting buy-in from business owners um because they don't want you like sp- throwing up a bunch of spam content on their site, um, which is what you know people might view AI as. 
but yeah, if you can get somebody to buy in, then you can just yeah scale yeah their content we, and split the profits or whatever. Yeah, I haven't found a way like because I think right now we're at a point where because I'm talking about it so much, we get more uh, applications than actual. Uh, so we pretty much have to turn people away if they're like dr freaking like fifties. Uh, but some of them are really solid, you know. But, I, I think mean, this there, there, there's something there, uh, but. We'll send them to us. We'll, uh, we'll give you a commission. Are you, do you guys have a management company? Like a, similar to Mushfeek's uh, web operators? Um, well, that was how Onfolio started. So we don't, we don't do that, but we've got all of the frameworks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like when Onfolio first started, we did two services. One was people that already have a portfolio or they already have a website and they don't want to run it anymore. They'll come to us or we'll partner up. And sometimes, you know, it was like, oh, hey, if you've been hit by a Google update, we can try and fix it and we'll take a, a share of the, the, the upside. Um, but then we realized it's a lot harder to fix <laughs> Google updates than we mm-hmm. thought. So um, I think we actually fixed one or two. And then the other service was... Um, like buy side assistance. If somebody's got like a hundred K, they want to buy a site off Empire Flippers, we'll um you know, we'll make that happen. And so then yeah, we built all the frameworks out, we had the team and everything. And then we were like, actually it's probably more lucrative to build our own portfolio and so we raised money to start buying our own sites. But yeah, like we we know how to do all of that stuff. We just have been busy doing our own stuff. Mm-hmm. So How's your, uh, yeah. how's Onfolio doing? Um, I haven't been following the earnings reports, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's moving in the right direction. Revenue's up, gross profits up, expenses are still high, but are coming down. So we're, uh, you know, we're on the path to everything's trending in the right direction, except the stock price. So not, not much we can control about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're launching new stuff as well. We just rolled out uh deal pipe i don't know if you saw that um yeah i saw that what, which, what is that um, again remind me really surprised me how much interest we got to be honest it's basically so about a year ago after we went public a guy approached me who was like hey i'm really good at finding offline uh off off market deal flow and so i'll be able to you know i can help you find agencies or i can help you find online businesses to buy and I was like, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. And I was really impressed with the level of the quality of business he was able to find. And what was more interesting was that because they're off-market deals, a lot of the business owners were, like they were still in love with their business, but they were like, sure, you know, I'm open to selling a minority and if it makes sense, or I'm open to just a discussion. Um, and so I realized the some of the benefits of off market deals are not necessarily that the businesses are cheaper or you don't have to enter into a bidding war, but you get access to higher quality businesses. Um, now you have to sell them a little bit harder on on you as a buyer or a partner, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it it was really impressive. And I spent a year, you know, every time I tweet about off market deals, people are like, "Hey, do you have a broker? Like, how do you find them? Can you hook me up?" So I, I went back to that guy and said, we should partner up and um, s- offer this to other people. And he can also find offline businesses. 
Um, so I kind of launched it. I, I tweeted about it. I shared on LinkedIn about it, and I emailed my list about it. And we got some pretty high quality people, like interested, like people that have raised tens of millions of dollars for uh, VC style investments and have realized it makes more sense to buy um, to buy established businesses or people who want to buy offline service businesses in 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 Utah, for example, um, mm-hmm. people who want to buy $10 million um, agricultural businesses, just a whole range of people that I was kind of like, I didn't realize you guys were on my email list for a start, but also like, this is really mm-hmm. cool. So we think we've got, a, we think it could be a pretty good moneymaker for us. And also, nice. you know, something that is, what's the, a good what's service. the business model? You just take a cut. Uh, we have a small retainer which is really to cover our costs because we're doing proprietary searches for people. We're not really like mm-hmm. kind of going out and spamming the internet. It's more, okay, you tell us what you want. We'll go and, and spin up systems. And so it costs us a few grand a month to run a search for someone. So we charge them a few grand. And then we take a, like a 3% success fee. So um, yeah, if, if they buy a business for $1 million, we get 30%, uh, we get 30K of of that so um it's something that's probably going to be a bit of a slow burner because we're not really going to make much money off the retainers but if every month or every couple of months we close a multi-million dollar deal for someone you know that could be worth six figures a month to us so it's it's pretty good nice um did you all the work as well which is uh, also <laughs> yeah is that just uh tapping into your network and then just uh delegating it's a smart move and that's yeah, under that on folio right yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a side hustle or anything. So all the profits are going to accrue to Onfolio. Well, he gets his share, and then we get the other share. Solid. Um, nice. Uh, you mentioned that expenses are still high, but uh, heading in the right direction. While your your um, revenues are up, um, yeah. what is your largest line item? Is it payroll for expenses? You can just talk about the uh, previous um, earnings report. A little bit. So. So it's interesting because all the portfolio companies are profitable. Um, but then, so when we people look at us and they see like that we've got quite high SGNA, which is just kind of general admin expenses. Um, but the SGNI of the portfolio SGNA of the portfolio companies rolls up into our consolidated SGNA. So it's not like the parent company has necessarily high uh, expenses, but the reason we're not profitable despite all of our portfolio being profitable is because we, yeah, we have the fixed costs of being a public company. So, uh, audit fees, lawyers, um, NASDAQ fees, insurance, um, and then my salary, CFO salary, stuff like that. So a lot of it's coming down because we let go of our IR firm. We let go of a couple of operational, um, people that we had who if we were making tons of acquisitions we would really need them but because we're not and we're trying to just get to profitability as soon as possible then we kind of don't need them unfortunately so we let a few good people go um and yeah like we were doing we were spending stuff on marketing the company either trying to get deal flow or trying to raise money or like flying to new york to attend wall street conferences and stuff that you think is important but you can live without so we we slashed about 
I think about 85k a month off our expenses. Um, so yeah, like Q4, the, the expenses will be a lot lower. Um, plus revenues will be higher because of Black Friday. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good situation overall. Just need to keep executing to get past those high fixed costs and then we'll be good. Nice. <clears throat> that sounds good. Um, and what, what's like, God, uh, I checked, I, I did a quick look of your portfolio companies, but which one's like doing the highest revenue right now? Do you guys dec- uh, disclose that? You do, right? Or previous earnings, uh, we talk about that. We don't, but you can kind of figure it out from looking at the acquisitions we've made. So Proofread Anywhere is the, the highest revenue. The, um, uh, the, the course about how to build a career as a proofreader. Mm-hmm. Is that, oh, that's a course. Course sales are still solid? Sick, man. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, people think we bought a proofreading business, but we bought a business opportunity course, basically. You know, it's like how to make money online, basically. And, and this particular method for making money online is building a career as a proofreader. Hmm. Um, and there might be, there's probably some people who are like, oh, I'm not sure if I should buy this course because AI is going to take proofreading jobs. But AI is not really good enough as a proofreader for the types of people who are hiring proofreaders. Um, you know, like legal uh, legal documents and stuff like that. They're not going to rely on AI to proofread. So um, ultimately, the, the the business opportunity is still good. Um, but at the same time, we're we're trying to build a little bit of a uh, I don't know how to like a, a a library of different courses. So maybe we've got a course that's like you want to make money online. You know. Have you considered being a proofreader? Take this course if you want to try that. But then maybe we have a course teaching people how to do affiliate marketing. Maybe we have a mm. course teaching people how to, you know, build a business off their Twitter. Um, and so there could be this kind of all access pass that people could buy that gets them access to all the different courses and things. So um, a lot of the value in proofread anywhere is not only the fact that it's a it generates a lot of revenue, but it also has like 300,000 email subscribers who are interested in learning different ways to make money online. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good company. Nice. <clears throat> Dude, all those emails and you, you should just, uh, I don't even know, do like a weekly, are these guys all interested in making money online? Like um, the list? Most you should just like, yeah. do like a weekly digest of, make money online type of things and just sell sponsorships there. Yeah. I mean, we just onboarded with, uh, actually, I don't know the, the progress, but um, they're in conversations with ConvertKit to, um, I think they're already on ConvertKit and then ConvertKit have like a the, sort of invite the display only. Ads. Yeah. Yeah. The display ads, but also they go out and sell ads for you. So there's, there's like the programmatic and then they also will bring in like, you know, maybe once a week you run a, uh, an ad for someone um and you get a couple of grand or something for that um but yeah the idea is to proofread anywhere also has work from home school.com which at the moment just kind of feeds into proofread anywhere but there's a pretty good opportunity to build more you know more more content and courses about working from home in general um you know so if people are on the list and they're thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to be a proofreader because either maybe mm-hmm. proofreading is not for me or I'm worried about AI, then we can say, okay, well, 
why don't you try this job or why don't you try this job and we mm -hmm. can't be i think if you try and teach people everything then you know you can't be experts at everything um but it could be a very good place to be affiliates for different courses you know like mm -hmm. you know you want to learn how to build authority sites check out authority hacker and get an affiliate link from authority hacker or you want to learn how to um do uh consulting for you know whatever then go check out this course that, that kind of thing so um yeah it's uh i mean the the focus on the business for the last year has been really removing the previous founder from all the funnels and the marketing and everything um but the focus for 2024 is really going to be branching out and yeah, working on like those opportunities. Nice. Um, okay, cool. Uh, which one in terms of like SEO strength is the strongest in your portfolio? Dude, we got to partner up somehow, That's man. Don't say on folio. Um, no, I which mean, one of those are uh, willing to do OnlyFans content? That, <laughs> that one we can scale to the moon, man. On Folio, um, has a good DR, but considering some of the backlinks we've got, I'm surprised it's not higher. Um, I mean, we got backlinks from like MSNBC, Yahoo Finance, like most of them I do follow as well. I think, um, I think the highest domain rating, if you know, if you use the Ahrefs thing, is um, I think password password protect WP is like 64. Um, that's like one of our WordPress plugins. Um, MightyDeals.com is 72. Uh, Outreach Mama is 65. So we've got a bunch in the 50s and the 60s. Um, we haven't, I don't think we've got anything above 80. I think, yeah, Mighty Deals 72 is the uh, Mighty Deals, really? Yeah, yo, give me access to I that. To, what are you I guys doing? Content on it. What are you guys doing? What do you mean? What are we doing? Why aren't you just throwing hella affiliate content on there? Like Password I, Protect WP is easy affiliate site. Yeah. Easy. I think I think it's one of those things where let's so say for Mighty Deals, I saw the domain rating and I was like I think maybe I went too narrow with my search. So I looked for keywords relevant to things that the Mighty Deals audience would be interested in. And there mm -hmm. wasn't a ton. There wasn't a ton out there. So I think I, I created 20 articles, stuck them on there. And, you know, they just, the articles just ranked like mid page three. So I was like, oh, well, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, so maybe I did something wrong with the strategy. Maybe I should have gone after different keywords. Maybe um, uh, I should have done like 100 articles. Maybe 20 wasn't a big enough sample size. But are you, you know, joking? Like, yeah. Also, I'm looking at Mighty Deals right now. Dude, just throw hella Amazon affiliate content on there. What are you doing? I don't so, know. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm um, busy. To the, to, the, to the audience listening, um, how ridiculous this is. I mean, granted, Dom is like busy with other things. He's got DR72. He's got like... It's like a not 15 year domain as well, I think. it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh God. Around. Actually... You have like five thousand index pages. You might have an issue there too. Um, do you you have an in-house SEO, right? Uh, no, not anymore. We got rid of. I mean, we, you know, we have a ton of backlink agencies, but we don't actually have any in-house SEO team anymore. We we got rid of all the central services at the start of the year. Damn, that sucks. Um, 
Dude, I think, yeah, there's guys. If you follow Dom on the like on Twitter, go go follow him and start pitching him partnerships. I think this is a no brainer. This is an easy like easy one. Honestly, I'll probably do an episode tomorrow on on you know. Have you seen my daily YouTube? I'll do an episode tomorrow exactly like what I do with it, and this will be fun. Like uh, sweet. And then you could just take it and run with it, or we can partner up, or you can partner up with one of my audience members. There's a lot of hungry kids out there. Um, kids, as in like you know, younger ones, they'll probably give you a better deal than I will. Um, but I thought you were a kid. I thought you were a hungry kid. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm freaking turning thirty two soon, man. I just uh, oh, I'm I'm no longer as hungry kids. as I as I once was. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's rough out here. But yeah, dude, you you have really strong like mighty deals is generic enough. What what I would do is probably just like we're just we're just shooting the shit right now by the way. Um so stop me at any time, but I think with mighty deals, you have so many index pages. What I do is like cut down on the pages that don't bring in any revenue and then create a subdirectory only for like affiliate content, like mightydeals.com/retail or slash /guides. Yeah, I think the blog is a subdomain actually. Um so we've got like at the start of the year we created mightydeals.com i think it's slash blog um mm -hmm. because originally mighty deals was like custom coded and we just moved the whole site over to wordpress because the code was like 10 years old um so we had a wordpress installation on a, on a subfolder so mm -hmm. that we could uh yeah we could do that and um the reason we got so many index pages is because mighty deals is it's kind of like AppSumo, but for graphic design. So like mm -hmm. Photoshop, fonts, bundles, or, you know, all of these different things. And so every time we upload a deal, it creates a new page. So I think we don't need to necessarily delete those pages, just no index them. Um, yeah, for the, sure. You, you, you get the sure. same purpose. Um, yeah, yeah, no index. You could block, block crawl as well um, for like, yeah, dude, my deals is a banger, I think, guys. Uh, Let's, I'll do I'll do I'll do a video on this tomorrow. This is this will be fun. Um but just spam like every category on Amazon affiliates and just go nuts. Why wouldn't you? And uh I think yeah, that's a good point. if um so you, you if I were to pitch like you for example right now projections, I wouldn't be able to give a projection because purely based off of like the traffic on Ahrefs doesn't look too sexy. Um, because it's, it's kind of like flatlined, but after probably the first hundred articles, you could probably do a proper projection of like what you can expect from this dude. Cause one of my recent partners, it's like a DR 73. So, or 75, um, something slightly higher than you dude. We're at like freaking 30 K a month in the second month. It's stupid easy, man. It's like no brainer. Um, and you can just spin these up in every portfolio site. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but most of the revenue, I don't. Uh, I guess you are when you're too busy. But um, most of the revenue has been me uh, ranking for, for example, best protein powder, and then making protein powder companies pay me for number one slot. Like most of the money is like majority, oh, like freaking like sixty, seventy percent of the income is from there. So you got to do some sales, or if you have a sales team, or get a va and start reaching out yeah yeah i mean we can do that um yeah i was gonna say because i mean amazon affiliates cool but when you've got you know you get five bucks commission or whatever it's uh it's a lot but if you get 
companies to pay you instead, then uh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, people say like Amazon uh, affiliate sucks, but dude, we're freaking doing like 100K a month on Amazon affiliate. It's, it's enough, man. Yeah, I know. I've seen your screenshots. I um... shit's, shit's crazy out here. Um, not, it's, it's because uh, you get their whole cart. That's the main benefit. You don't just I know, get the product. I, yeah, yeah. I was a huge Amazon evangelist for very long. And then, um, I don't know, the the changes they made at the start of the pandemic pissed me off. But, um, yeah, fuckers. Uh, you know, the money's still there. Yeah. Yo, um, you saw Thrasio might go bankrupt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that coming Dude. as well. But, yeah, yeah they, they were too aggressive. They had, oh, fuck, so much money. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Their business model would have been better if they just kind of sat on the sidelines and waited right until now and had all their money in T-bills. Dude, they would have been like rich just from T-bills. And then they could <laughs> yeah. scoop up like nonstop garbage starting now. Yeah, but and when they'd they were be okay. raising money, it was like, what? Um, they did one small raise late 2022, 20, I think. But like most mm-hmm. of their money was raised in 2021 when T-bills were like, you know, 0%. Sure. Um, I remember seeing a headline in 20, I think again, 20, it was either 2020 or 2021 saying Thrasio are making an acquisition every four and a half days. And everyone was like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were like, wow, they're crushing it. And I remember thinking about the logistics of making an acquisition every four and a half days. And I was like, oh, they're fucked. Because <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, there's no yeah. way that that's going to end well. And so, you know, um, I get what they were trying to do, and they kind of were in a little bit of a land grab because um, they they weren't the first. There were one or two before them, but they were sort of the most well-known. And then as all the others started coming out, they had to move quickly um, because otherwise everyone else was going to acquire all these brands. Now, yeah, in hindsight, they should have sat on the sidelines, let those brands go bankrupt or the, the aggregators go bankrupt and then started just aggregating the aggregators. That would have... Uh, that would have been the yeah. smarter thing to do. But I mean, you know. Um, now all the, I'm not sure if you follow um, the e-com Twitter space, but now all the e-com guys are picking up like scraps from the aggregators like or uh, FBA that brands sense. that are defaulting. Um, dude, I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Are, are you guys still buying or are you guys uh, just looking for absolutely big, uh, good deals now or just sitting on the sidelines for now? Uh, we're buying where we can, yeah. I mean, our... Part of our issue has been partly because of the aggregators. It's been quite hard for us to get additional capital at favorable terms. A lot of the lenders who lend to companies like us have been burned because they they lent money to people like Thrasio. And so they look at us and they're like, yeah, we don't lend to aggregators anymore. And we're like, we're not an aggregator. Like We, we know how to run the businesses we buy. But... Yeah, it, it's been tricky. So what we've started doing is we've kind of gone back to our roots a little bit. And um, we're starting to just find deals where maybe we we can offer some preferred shares to the seller. We can offer them a, a seller note. And then maybe we need like 500 grand to close the deal. So we'll, we're going to go to our investor list and be like, hey, do you guys want to come in with us on this deal? We'll own, oh, like, deal by deal know. basis? Um. Sometimes I think it's better for investors if it's more of a strategy. So right now we've got, say, five or six agencies in our pipeline 
like mostly SEO agencies, but also some email marketing, some PPC. And so we, we're going to say to people, Hey, we're going to raise like, you know, a few million dollars and, um, we're going to use that money to buy into each of these agencies so that then investors are not necessarily investing in a particular deal. They're investing in like the strategy and then they're getting diversified. And, um, we're, you know, there's another one that we might do. I've got a, it's very early on, so we're still ideating, but I've got some friends who are really good at, uh, growing courses. Like there's a ton of course creators out there that have got really good courses, but they don't know how to build funnels or, um, you know, email marketing and everything. They, they're just not very good at selling their course. So we'll probably pitch them like, Hey, we're going to, you know, we'll buy 30% of your course or 40%, you know, you stick around, you keep doing what you're great at, which is usually being the creator and teaching the course and, you know, cultivating an audience and we'll just like grow the shit out of your, um, your, your business. And because we've got like 30% in it, probably the ROI would be good even if we didn't grow it. But if we can double their course, then the ROI is great. So in order to, in order for us to deploy more money so that we can do that, um, like at scale, um, you know, maybe again, we'll go out to our investor network and say, Hey, we're going to do this strategy. You know, who wants to, who wants to invest in it? Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on that, that, that idea. So, uh, that'll allow us to really take advantage of a lot of the opportunities that we're seeing right now. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good idea, I think. Um, but when you buy like 30 to 40% of a course, what liquidity event do you have? Like, or is it, are you, do you buy it in a way that they pay out dividends? Um, like, uh, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. No, they would pay out dividends and you have to make this kind of decision where how do we decide what money gets paid out as dividends versus um, uh, gets reinvested mm -hmm. into growing the business. And, you know, but for us, the liquidity event is different from the investors because a lot of these businesses, we, we probably want to buy 100% of them, but maybe the seller doesn't want to sell yet because a lot of the best businesses out there, they're like, well, I don't want to sell you. I want to grow it a little bit more first. So we're like, okay, cool. We'll come in and help you grow it. And um, then when you're ready to sell, we'll buy the rest of it. Um, so that's great for us because that means we can start buying businesses where we've already seen, you know, under the hood, we've already been like the due diligence and a lot of the risk just goes away for us. And it's mm -hmm. great for them because mm -hmm. when they want to sell, they've got a buyer that's ready. So we can probably pay them, you know, maybe we buy in at 3x, but when we buy them out completely, it's 4x or something. So that's good for investors because investors can, you know, they can, they get multiple expansion. Maybe they, they come in with us at, th at 3x and then when we're going to buy the full business, we could say to them, actually, you could stay owning it if you want. You know, we'll just buy, you know, like the, maybe one investor's got 2% of the business. We can say, yeah, we'll buy 98% and you can keep your two or we can just buy your share as well. So investors can have that liquidity option. Um, hmm. And also with courses, part of the risk is what happens after you buy the course. Like if the founder leaves, does the course just go to shit? 
or can you, mm. yeah, you know, can you effectively replace them? Can you, um, will the audience still buy the course without them? And all of these things. And a lot of a lot of courses, the answer is no. So you just don't buy those courses. But um, if we are a minority owner, we can kind of say to them, "Hey, we want to buy this if you're ready to sell." But let's spend six months or a year replacing you now so that we can see it works and if it doesn't work you know you just come back and we'll figure out another solution or something and um yeah it just allows um it allows to solve a lot of problems and increases the investable universe for us as well um hmm. yeah so i think it's, it's pretty interesting and you yeah. can do that with everything as well like so for example you were just talking about there's opportunities to pick up a lot of these distressed fba brands hmm. So maybe we find someone who's an FBA expert or an e-commerce expert and do the same thing. We say, right, we'll partner up with that person. We'll raise some money and then we'll go out and execute that strategy. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty interesting and exciting uh, yeah. uh, opportunity. Sure. Yo, did you watch um, yesterday or the day before's episode uh, with uh, Andrew Wilkinson on My First Million? About uh, pro- the, the the main takeaway for me, it was uh, profit profit first. I'm not sure if you watched that episode. It's a good one. Not yet. No, I um, I've <clears throat> I've read if if they talk about the book Profit First, I've read that though. Um, but yeah, I saw it come up in my feed, and I'm on a I'm on a My First Million break at the moment, so I'll, I'll you know I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, I'll sure, get to it sure. At some point. Um, yeah, I think that that one is a banger. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of Andrew. Um, Andrew and I are actually working on some a couple of things right now. It's a uh, pretty pretty big couple partnerships in the pipeline right now. It's a nice. uh, it's a uh, it's a killer one. Um, and I think, I mean, you you read the book, right? The probably first. Uh, I think <laughs> Sean Peary gave a- like a like a quick rundown of it, saying like every month. If you just make a hundred k, you should just draw out like just about a hundred percent of what you make, or from the month before, based off of projections. And you just you're supposed to draw out everything and then put it back in if you need the money. Like that's like a tactic people are using right now. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think I it's like that- it goes from profits, like well, as you mentioned, like uh, they they draw out everything as profit, and then they would put it back in if they miscalculate, uh, so on and so forth. Dude, I think I might start doing that. It's kind of kind of smart, yeah. Because like a lot dude, of people I don't do know about like you, cash accounting and stuff as well. Yeah, so that's the easiest way to deal with it. Dude, my freaking like, am I going through my credit card details today? There's so much random ass freaking subscriptions. I don't know if you guys have that. Like subscription <laughs> bloat is disgusting, dude. Yeah, I had, um, uh, I don't know if you use Mercury, but like, yeah, yeah. um, was it, was it about a month ago? Mercury basically just canceled everyone's credit cards and, or debit cards and stuff. And was like, yeah, you've got a bunch of new cards and it's such a pain because you have to go back through all your subscriptions and update them. And a bunch of them failed. Like I updated with the new cards and it just kept failing. So it's like Mercury's risk assessment was messed up or something but it's probably saved us like five grand a month across the company because there's all these ones that are like hey your subscription failed and you're like actually i don't really need that thing anymore like i didn't even know especially black friday i just got all these renewals come in that failed 
And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was still using that thing. And so, <laughs> yeah, subscription bloat. Like, I think it's, um, I think it's Bill D'Alessandro. He just says like every six months, he just changes his employees' um, credit cards so that like, and there's a bunch of software they can't be bothered to sign up for again. It just like saves him thousands. So it's that's smart. pretty good idea. Fuck, that's so smart. Fuck, should I just start doing that? But then the credit card points. You don't have any like, points, do you? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, just deleting credit cards. Um, yeah, for myself. And then just... Yeah, I mean, I think what we used to do was we have we had a spreadsheet and every... We just had a spreadsheet of all of our software. And every, like, six months, we would just manually be like, do we still need any of these things? And the problem is, um, you know, it might be something like Surfer SEO. And you're like, well we've got seven different companies that are using it and six of them said they don't need it anymore and one of them does. So you're like, should we downgrade it? Should we upgrade, you know, should we cancel it? Um, cancel that and shit, a yeah. lot of it just ends up, it ends up staying because someone's like, yeah, I kind of use it. But if you cancel the card and someone has to physically log in and update the card, they're like, oh, fuck it. I, w- I can't be bothered. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe it is worth just cancelling your cards every, uh, you know, every like four months or something. Yeah, and that's Dude. why uh, that's why companies offer you a discount if you pay annually because it it stops you it stops you churning for twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we just introduced that uh, as a Black Friday for the advice community. Dude, advice is popping off, man. You you fucked yeah, up I by think, not joining. You you that think, pricing was like half of what it is now. You fucked up. Yeah, but the value is probably double what it is now, right? Yeah, it's definitely double. There's more people in it. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't good. do a good enough job of selling me. <laughs> you were just like, hey, join this thing. And I was like, advise.so. I don't know what that is. Uh, and no, uh, it's crazy now. We, we got like nearly 100 like people. Um, dude, we're people. like, yeah, the, the goal is to beat out traffic think tank because I hear they're pretty cringe now. Um, so fingers crossed. Well, they're, they're part of the Semrush family now, aren't they? Um, yeah exactly um but what, what do you think yo i was talking to mushfiq about it today uh obviously i'm not looking to sell anytime soon but he thinks that because most people are joining the community because of me that no one would buy the asset thoughts i mean that would be the obvious uh assumption to make yeah but um it's not necessarily true but yeah, like on the surface, that's what it would look like. Whether nobody would buy the asset or not is is different because Traffic Think Tank initially started out because everyone was joining because of Nick and um, his business partners, but it grew into something beyond that. And so, you know, if you wanted to sell now, it would be tricky because A, it hasn't been around for, what's it been around for like six months? And B, like it's very no, 12 much months, like- dude. 12 months, 12 wow. months now, yeah. Oh, that year flew 12 by, months well, Yeah, 12 months in. Well, you only invited me like six months ago, so obviously I wasn't cool enough. But um, What? That's a lie, dude. That's bullshit. I'm going to go back through our messages now. Yeah, go back, go back. I bet it's like 12 months ago. Uh, no, oh, but, we talk um, too much. I can't be bothered to scroll. Um, yeah, that's fine. But uh, there are ways around that. Like you could... The kind of classic playbook is start to replace yourself in the community, start to find other people to do the biz dev and get people into the community. 
And then inside the community, like if you're the one leading everything, doing all the content creation and kind of starting the conversations, then yeah, you need to kind of start encouraging others to to do that. I mean, Sam was able to sell trends. Um, well, the trends kind of from the start, the Facebook group revolved around him, but the actual trends product didn't really revolve around him. Um, that was pretty smart, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Incredible exit. I think he uh, yeah, revealed on one of his pods that they sold uh, the hustle, like everything for 20-something million. Like he got 20-something million out of it. Fucking crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and he also got HubSpot shares, and Which I imagine like those doubled. shares have probably doubled in price since like mid twenty twenty one or whenever it was that he sold it. So, um, yeah, but I think it's crazy that he's still holding so much HubSpot stock. It's like silly, I would say. He might I be would, like instantly double. He might not be able to sell them. He might. He, I don't know if he can just dump them. Depends yeah. on the uh, the terms. Dude, did I tell you I got rejected from Hampton? The fuck is that, dude? Uh. I didn't know that. I got rejected. Well, actually, I never. They never replied to me. <laughs> but, um, but I live in Asia, so like I think I was just automatically disqualified. Why, Dude, that's so fucked. Um, why did you get rejected? I thought you were like, aren't you friends with Sam or sort of like buddies with him? Like we talk. Well, not, not often, but we like we ch- chat once in a while. And uh, I applied. They didn't. I didn't hear back. And then the CEO emailed me saying, "Hey, you've been like." fast track we want you in i had hopped on a call they rejected me i messaged sam i'm like oh damn i didn't know you could be rejected from this and then he's like no i want you in and then he spoke with his team again he's like and then i got another rejection letter so i got rejected twice <laughs> shit sucks out here bro it's, so it's sam, rough for me did sam like come back and say anything or he was like yeah no i spoke to them yeah you're you're out like no no he didn't even respond to my last message i'm like yo what the fuck um but yeah it's it'd be well, like guess, that sometimes i guess you i think just uh, completely tanked your interview or something did you turn up in like a t-shirt like a tank top or something i, I think it was I, I was in a hotel lobby but dude i, I, I don't know dude that's weird yeah it's tough couldn't especially even play the you Asian know card right and dude i was like early into trends i was uh, i brought you know that's how we met actually i think it yeah, was because we joined trends back when like it was smaller and um, it was great uh people i feel like the the early people in there were quite high level as well like everyone was doing cool shit and so yeah yeah i remember you were yeah you were pretty active in there and if i remember you and sam had some interactions and stuff yeah yeah such a shame oh well whatever um Yo, let's you'll wrap get up. in eventually they'll um you know they'll expand it they'll i don't know nah, dude f- fuck them fuck them fuck them um advice will be better than that uh we're, we're creating a better community over there now i'm at f- f- fuck hampton you can start uh, a new one called scampton yeah exactly just, uh, uh yo am i gonna see you in taiwan or what are you are you gonna be there yeah when are you coming uh new year's eve and then two weeks after yeah, so I'll be, I'll be here. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, no, it's nice. I've just finished like from July until basically two weeks ago. I was um, first world problem, I guess, but I was like in a different country in a different conference every three weeks. It was like exhausting when you've got two small children. And now I don't have anything till possibly February, maybe not even April. Um, mm. 
nice. which is awesome. Good, man. But like an idiot, like I came back from Chiang Mai SEO, like high off conferences, and I was like, I'm going to throw a conference in Taipei about like buying online businesses in March, and like I haven't told my wife yet. <laughs> so nice. like I don't know. I just signed up for some torture, I think. But um, nice. yeah. Dude, should we schedule like a meetup in January? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there a community there? Yeah, there's like, I don't know, 20, 30 people here. Sick, sick. Yeah, we'll, we'll try offline. Sick, man. Um, Where do you want to send people? Everyone go follow Dom on Twitter. Sometimes he posts cringe shit, but sometimes he's got some nuggets in there as well. What's your Twitter handle? What, uh, what What's cringe? Dude, um, you, <laughs> don't worry about it, man. Guys, you, you guys will see. <laughs> yeah when i i drink on a friday and start posting yeah. memes i don't know what you're talking about um yeah. i am dom wells on folio is my uh, my handle perfect perfect all right um well thanks for coming on dom i'll see you in taipei yeah cheers man